Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP Club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Cole. This week, I'm joined by Charlotte Collins, Georgina Blasky, and Sherlock's new beauty editor, Gabrielle Dyer. Welcome, Gabrielle, to your first podcast. Thank you. Week two in the job, throwing you in at the deep end. <laughs> We're going to start off with a beauty-related topic. We're going to start off with top tips for colouring your hair. We had Joe Hansford, MBE, in on the Sherlock's show a couple of weeks ago, and she is known for colouring every celebrity under the sun's hair, from Elizabeth Hurley to the Duchess of Cornwall. She's a bit of a hair colouring legend, I would say. Anyway, she had lots of advice, namely not to go for a big change, perhaps that's obvious. I think we all colour our hair a little bit in the room. Gabrielle, I'm going to start with you. What do you think the key things are, other than not making a big change? First thing I think that's most important is manager expectations, because I think a lot of people go in with quite dark hair, and they expect that they're going to get like really light hair overnight and it takes a long time. It has to be broken down in different steps because if you put that much bleach on your hair in one, it's going to snap and break off. Oh, is that right? I didn't mean yeah. that. I thought you could just go in. <laughs> well, you can, but your hair will be in horrific state. And did you ever watch America's Next Model when they used to do those makeovers and it took like 17 hours to dye <laughs> yeah. their hair? Is that yeah, hair was like yeah. straw on the yeah, head exactly. So yeah, I think that, definitely expectations and also aftercare for your colour. I think the most important thing, so choosing a good shampoo is really important because if you choose a shampoo that's not specifically for colour or that's got sulfates in it, it will strip all the colour out of your hair. Yes. It's like she a complete was, waste of money. She mm. was big on that. And it's actually, really important. She launched her own hair care line quite a few years ago now and she was saying how it is yeah, sulfate free and... How important that is. I think lots of us don't know that. Georgina. Yeah, so sulfates and parabens, you're saying that that can reduce the longevity of your colour. No, don't know about parabens, but sulfates, ah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It strips the colour out, so it just fades and doesn't last as long. Okay. Can I say I use, mm-hmm. and this is a bit of a beauty confession, but I use Aussie hair care, which I know is full with sulfate, but my colour stays really well. Mm-hmm. I know. Am I just Lucky. an exception? I Maybe I'm just Maybe. Maybe it could stay even better, Charlotte. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You count that extra two weeks. I colour my hair. My hair has grey in the roots now, which started a couple of years ago, much to my horror. Um, <laughs> just awful, really worse than wrinkles, just horrendous. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Are you more perturbed by grey hair? I think that's funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. I would I mean, be. Because, because yeah, it's the maintenance. And you can freeze your wrinkles for a bit. But even though you can freeze the grey head, there's always one or two that come back and they're a different texture. They're this coarse kind wiry, of... So wiry. Wiry, old woman <laughs> witch hair. Oh. And so what I have found is... I was just talking to my hairdresser on Saturday. I went and had my hair done. And I had been in the sun for two weeks. I'd had a keratin a couple of weeks before I went. And Do you have a keratin treatment? Yeah, but this time I'd had it only around the sort of halo, they call it, the front bit of oh, your head. Just solid frizzy whole, bits. Just yeah. the frizzy bits. But obviously the pool, the sun, sort it, breaks it all down. It does tend to make it a bit more greasy too. And actually today I haven't been able to wash it because after the colour she said, don't wash your hair until oh, really? Tuesday. 
But what I've noticed is the loss of pigment generally, once you've got that grey hair at the root, when you colour your hair and it then travels down the hair shaft repeatedly being coloured, it just lightens quicker so in the sun with the keratin my hair had come back looking quite orange and grassy. It just seems like it's lost its pigment and even when I colour it now I'm putting in more ashy tones and I think mm. how your hair ages is quite fascinating because you have to definitely adapt your colour. Mm. That's what she um, says yeah, well. yeah, she as says that in her piece. Yeah, that you yeah. can't expect that your hair would always stay the same just as your skin changes and your skincare regime yeah. changes. You should be keeping up the same with your hair. Obviously your hair changes but the colour that you're putting yeah. in it you mm. need to adapt that. Yeah, that too. I think lighter and softer as you're older is definitely more forgiving. And you need a blue shampoo to yeah, counteract purple. those brassy tones. Well, brunettes use blue. Oh. And blonde use purple. Is oh. that right? Gabrielle, I'm looking at you. Yeah. I'm actually doing a quick plug for Tresemme. I'm doing a Tresemme mm. campaign at the moment. Yeah. And I have to say, their purple shampoo is really good and is it's it? like five quid because mm. I hate spending money on shampoo. So there you can get a purple shampoo for five quid. Fabulous. Mm. There we are. From hair care to skincare, when you found a brand you like, you tend to stick with it. I live by the motto, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But are you stuck in a skincare rut? I'm a bit, actually, and I'm actually going to get a referral from my GP today. They've forced me to come off antibiotics that I take for this sort of X amount I get on my face. They said it's really bad for my body, but I know they do the job anyway. They've said, you've got to stop taking them now. And my eczema is slowly starting to come out. So I'm a bit anxious today. So I'm going to see them to go and see a dermatologist. That's the sign for me when my eczema starts to come through. What are the signs for you that you need to change your skincare? Is it something you think about or do you just plough on using the same old product? So the beautician that I go and see, who's just in my local high street, she has a really lovely South African range that I was using for ages. And then I just felt like it wasn't really doing the job anymore. It wasn't really delivering. So I went to see a dermatologist who was able to sell stronger products. So retinols and vitamin yeah. C serums and things like that with higher percentages. So I've just switched to having vitamin C um, serum in the day and a retinol at night. And I've definitely found that that has worked better. But have, have you? been in the sun for a few weeks? I'm not sure now. <laughs> I need to do a bit more. But I think you can just feel when your skin looks a bit sluggish and it's lost that glow. For me, that seems to be when I know I need to shake it up somehow. Gabrielle, as a beauty editor, if I find something I really like, I will stick with it. Like eye creams, if I find a good eye cream, I'll stick by it. Or like a cleanser, I'll use it. But generally, for me to finish a product, it has to be like amazing. Get what are the it. products you finish? That's what I want to know. Oh gosh, okay. Tata Harper Purifying Cleanser is one of my favourites. I finished that. Do you uh, tend to stick to more natural brands? Yeah, well, I do. But then I think things like retinol, vitamin C, like you can't so I'll go for like SkinCeuticals for my retinol but I prefer more natural brands basically they've said it's the same so I don't know when you wash your hair with the same shampoo do you use like the same shampoo for a long period of time I use anything I'm hopeless yeah. when it comes so to when I went to uni I bought these like massive like the ones you have in the salon and I was using them for ages and after a while I was like they don't really work and basically your hair gets used to it and it's the same with your skincare so your skin just starts to get used to it so then it loses its efficacy so it's like what you said basically mm. so yeah you should mix it up also if you start to get spots or if there's a change in season you should obviously rotate and change your skincare yeah. so it matches up I know in the summer you definitely don't need yeah. so much oil yeah. Charlotte what about you yeah I'm all about the heavy moisturiser in winter I get such yeah. dry skin and another point on here was if your makeup isn't lasting as well that is absolutely a sign for me that it's time to switch it up because that always happens to me maybe we need to talk more about that I don't think it's about skincare I think it's about things like finishing sprays Gabrielle am I right yeah and primers all things that help increase your makeup's staying power on the subject of skincare health beauty 
we wrote a piece on the 10 oral health mistakes to watch out for. Because even the most dedicated of us might be making one or two when it comes to looking after our teeth. They involve things like cancelling your dental checkups. I mean, no shit, no offence. <laughs> Multitasking while brushing. Apparently you need to make sure you brush for two minutes so nothing gets missed. I think I definitely brush for two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes is quite a long time. It does always really? feel yeah. long, but I do it. Do you, if you've got an electric one there, it's, you've got timer, so it's fine. I need that app that they have for children. There's actually yeah. an yeah. app so they can sort of yeah. watch a cartoon. Like a star chart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they also include ignoring a chipped tooth. Mm, nice look. Not staying hydrated. Forgetting to wear your retainer. Smoking. I was interested with this one. Putting your toothbrush away wet. I yeah. think I often do that. I, think I, I mean, I certainly don't dry it. No. So. It says if you don't allow your toothbrush to air dry after brushing, bacteria can multiply really rapidly. Ugh, Which kind of makes sense. sense. Yeah, it does. It? Yeah. Yeah. But that's only occasionally when you're packing up. You yeah, to put it away. Because as the time dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. true, true. So, skipping your morning brush, ugh, gross. Who does that? Who does that? Even on here. I mean, gross. there's an argument, and by the way, this is not me, but there is an argument that people might skip the evening brush. But surely you're just so aware that you need yeah. to brush your teeth when oh, you wake up in the morning. Completely yeah, agree. completely. Gross. You good at oral hygiene, Gabrielle? I've got a thing about teeth, like, yeah. but I'm not as good with checkups. I'm quite bad. Like, I think I need to, I'm way overdue in my six month checkup. It's just because I just never have time to fit it in. Mm. <gasps> and I move it. Excuse. I know it's really bad, but I am good. I have an electric toothbrush and it, it times it and I do all the flossing and stuff. And I was watching one of the shows, which ran when I was on holiday in the gym on Saturday. It was fun to show that show. Gets me through the gym. <laughs> and she is a Harley Street dentist. So she was saying that there's an Oral-B toothbrush with an alternative head that mimics kind of what a hygienist does. I mean, I hate the hygienist. Yeah. Do it's you? Horrible. Oh, I love oh, it's so like satisfying. Yeah. But the blood. Can we just discuss the blood? Does no one else get that? The blood. It's when they do yeah. that. They, they when start they're like cleaning And then they're constantly dabbing it on the tissue. And I'm oh, thinking, yeah, that's horrible. horrible. Show me that tissue. <laughs> no, it's, the it's the hard drill. Yeah. I can't like that. Oh, no, I can't bear it. I like it afterwards. When I clean. And I'm like, Afterwards it's good, yeah. I get them just to with the thing that's not yeah, the that's drill. Really I'm like, I don't like it, but it's better than the drill. So there was a report out a few years ago that flossing's a waste of time. So it was really controversial, no. but it was in the newspaper. Oh, I'm sure flosser. I could Google it somewhere, but it said that all the fears that are spelled out to you when you visit the dentist and they say, oh my God, it's really bad for gum disease and this, that and the other. Actually, it didn't really have much difference. And it's all about really? the brushing. That's the, I don't believe that. No, no, that's why. Because think of all <laughs> the times true. that you floss and there is actually it, yeah. a between your teeth. It's it gross, but you need it. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big flosser. Mm. A D, I like a D flosser. Yeah, I like a D one. Like and yeah. um, you feel so much fresher when you've done it as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to look at that study because Georgina, do you have good oral hygiene? Um, I'm quite a lazy, lazy <laughs> flosser, but I'm a good brusher. And actually, I, <laughs> I always makes my husband laugh because when he comes in the bathroom, if I'm brushing my teeth, I have my eyes closed. And it's really <laughs> weird. It's like I'm having this sort of, my, it's like you look like you're meditating <laughs> as you brush mouth. your teeth. Dude, yeah. you don't want to so I'm over. not multi I'm never multitasking. It's like a moment to just switch off and I just wow. brush my teeth and for some reason, I don't know why, I end up closing my eyes. I might try that. Yeah, yeah. it's really relaxing. Sounds nice. It is. It's quite a nice little yeah. unvice. So off. two minutes, switch off, meditate. Well, I don't know what I'm thinking about. My teeth, obviously, but wow. it's weirdly relaxing. Morning, I'm, slightly more rushed. I'm but... so guilty of the multitasking. I'm yeah, always me. making my bed. It's like it's running it's around. Yeah, oh, no, I'm I'm like, like, out of the bathroom. Yeah, no, I'll make my I bed. I will be watching cleaning. something on my phone. Instagram. It's a quick minute to catch up on the ground. <laughs> don't want to wake 
hostess. Terrible. I know I am. Like, any opportunity. My husband is I'm always so, watching so something, watching something when he's brushing his teeth. Oh, wow. Well, it's fun. And eyes tonight and see how it feels. And how are you instilling good oral hygiene in your children? <sighs> struggle isn't it, is, it yeah yeah they just find it boring which Otto, i get because it is boring it is boring Otto said to me i said have you, have you brushed your teeth and he said mommy i pinky promise you i brush my teeth i looked at him i was like i just don't think i believe you <laughs> so i went out and felt his toothbrush oh yeah Bone dry. Like, oh so you gotta learn how to lie about brushing your teeth <laughs> at least what the Bone brush dry. i was like Otto, don't tell me it's a pinky promise it's a trail isn't it it is and actually there was something in here about how you should wait half an hour after you've eaten breakfast before you then I brush your that. teeth i found that a bit of a worry because i keep all the kids toothbrushes downstairs in the kitchen because once they've had their breakfast on a school day it's right brush your teeth we're off and the idea of waiting half an hour till they brush their teeth is just ridiculous wait, we brush our teeth do you, before breakfast yeah okay so do you not brush I, your teeth the second you get up literally i cannot be awake for more than like a yeah. minute with with no, yeah. but fruit when you have fruit for breakfast then five or ten minutes you should later, do both really but you're right you should brush after a meal shouldn't you but yeah. there's something about the morning that like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, right. i don't have breakfast when i get to the office so for the sake of my day <laughs> I'll, I'll continue so, to brush at home. Of your, people, your fellow tube yeah, passengers. Exactly. I'll stick to that. That is the worst, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, let this be a reminder to you for good oral health. Let's talk about pelvic floor. If, like most women, you've heard of Kegel exercises but don't exactly know what they are, I'm looking at you too, Gabrielle, <laughs> Charlotte. It's worth noting that these health-boosting moves aren't just for pregnant women and new mums. We spoke to a number of experts to find out everything you need to know about your pelvic floor, but were too afraid to ask, or just didn't give a crap, frankly. More likely, yeah. Is it something that even crosses your mind that you need to think about? I've not thought about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a big thing in Sex and City. There's one episode where they talk about doing their Kegel exercises. I have always been under the impression that unless you do them, then you just have crap sex after having babies, but maybe that's just a total myth. Is it to do with sex? I don't think it is. No, I think if we're in the gym, there's a good contingent where they'll say, and now can you do your burpees and your star jumps and it's some hit training thing and there'll be a few people going, can I just do some squats instead of star jumps, please? And it's the sort of... That's me. Is that why me. people don't do want to I can't, I can't do a burpee or a star jump. Wow. Well, this piece actually does say that having a strong pelvic floor can help with your sex life because a rhythmic contraction of certain muscles that make up the pelvic floor occur at the time of orgasm. Didn't it also say too much? Is the yeah too the strong? Yeah. I'm doing them now. I'm sitting here now. Do you know how to do them, Gabrielle Shaw? I don't really think so. You squeeze, squeeze both holes. So you're yeah, I can do that. Front hole, back hole, squeeze them together. Different. There are layers of your pelvic floor. There's the base layer. Yeah, you have to squeeze hand gestures, and then they're slightly higher up, and yes. you've got to find them. Like you're going up in a lift. Yeah, like you're going up in a lift. That I don't know how to find that. I went, one. One. I went to one. I went to one. Pregnancy yoga class with Coco, my first child. I didn't go back, but I did take away, <laughs> squeeze them up to ten. You got ten floors. You got to get tighter every floor as you oh. go. Do you use the instruments? No. no. Yeah. Okay, they're really scary. There is an amazing yeah. place opposite where my children go to school, which does the French method, which I've talked about before, I think, on a podcast a long time ago. It's basically they put something in you. You have to like, hold onto it, don't you? And it's a machine. <clears throat> it's what women in France have, and apparently half a dozen sessions with that, and it completely restores your pelvic floor. So lazy people like me. My friend did tell me, she said, put a little tiny sticker by your toothbrush, put one on the steering wheel, put one in the shower.
shower. But when in places where you do things on a regular basis, yeah. and every time you see that sticker, you'll just do a few. This so I had a similar thing. Every time you're in your car and you get to a red light, that red light means... That's so funny. This piece actually says there's an app you can get, which will remind you to do them. I quite like that. If I just put a little like, notification at my desk. If I have my time again, no sunbeds, and I do my pelvic floor. <laughs> I was also interested to read that there's a common misconception that people who think having a cesarean will protect your pelvic floor are wrong, and that actually it's the weight of a baby. Yeah, that's weird. For nine months. Mm. That really. I mean, that makes sense, it. doesn't it? it does, yeah. Doesn't yeah. It? Anyway. Great. Right, All this to look forward to for us. This to come. <laughs> well. Forewarned. That's true. Thank you. So we didn't tell you, don't come running to me when you can't have a burpee. (laughs) (laughs) Let's change the subject altogether. Plenty of health, I think, for today. Let's talk about summer salads to make in the heat. Heat wave seems to have gone, but I'm hoping it's going to come back. It's going to warm up in the next couple of weeks. I'm certainly not ready for autumn. I don't know about anybody else. Shouldn't ask a fashion editor. (laughs) Let's talk about summer salads. Gabrielle, do you have any good summer salads that are your go-tos on a weekday? I quite like tofu and a quick one that I'll do is quinoa, some tofu, some... Charlotte's writing this down. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm writing down my idea actually, but this sounds great, carry on. Yeah, so peas, kale, and basically you just fry the tofu, you put a dash of soy sauce in there and like get it nice and crispy and then you basically just mix it all together, put some chili flakes in, salt, pepper, whatever, it's actually really good and it's so quick. Delish. Can I ask you, tofu, is that the stuff that looks like feta cheese? Yes. And you just fry Fry it, fry it. Or it's all wobbly, and yeah. you just fry it, and it crisps out. I just cut it into little like squares. Okay, chuck it in. Because I love deep fried tofu, my mum is. But I always think so the good. stuff that's not cooked is not quite as good. Not the same. That sounds delicious. Mm. Few chili flakes does wonders, doesn't always. it? Charlotte, do you have a secret salad recipe? Yeah, this is more of a side salad, but I love a bit of aubergine. Oh my god! Oh, 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 sorry, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nick aubergine to the back. Um, but, and also yogurt, I'm obsessed with on all things savoury. I don't really like it in like a fruit context, but. Tell me. So on I do, the aubergine with yeah, pomegranate and some coriander. Georgie, it's like you wrote it yourself. <laughs> I didn't. There's a chef in you yet, isn't there? <laughs> so, I slice the aubergines into discs, put them in the grill for ages. It's got to be so long oh, to get yeah. them so gooey. There's nothing worse than undercooked aubergine. And then dollop of yogurt. And then I also do like mint, olive oil, lemon, mm. that kind of thing in the Nutribullet. So it's like a little you know, drizzle and some pomegranates. Delish. Such a good size salad. If you're just having like friends over, that with a piece of grilled fish, so easy. Can I tell you an aubergine thing? Mm. The Itsu sachets of miso that you can buy in the supermarket. Get your aubergine, slice it into quarters yeah. and then cook it for about half an hour until it gets yeah. quite soft. Then slice it almost so the yeah. paste can get into the aubergine and then cover it in miso paste and a bit of mirin. Yum, like aubergine miso. Basically. And it's like aubergine mm. miso. And then a few sesame seeds on top. Epic. Sorry, it goes all gooey. Oh my God, Yum. so Nice. Another Itsu hack. I went to a friend for dinner the other night and she made poke bowls and that sounds so fancy. So oh, what she did was so clever. Though. No, but this is what she did. She went to Itsu and she bought their like salmon tartar. So yeah. she had a big thing of salmon tartar and then she Sashimi. basically... No, because it was like... It was you know, ready it was chopped. Ready chopped. So okay. that was kind of there and done. And then obviously it's dressed. And then she did brown rice, grilled corn, grilled sweet potato, avocado... And then a whole load of sweet chilli sauces and stuff, and then all together. Yeah. So clever and so easy. Yeah, yeah. So, so did she put it in individual bowls for each of you? Or did yeah, you she like, did. And did no, she, she put the middle... Yeah, she put like thing. rice and seaweed and some kale into everybody's bowls, and then all of those were like in the middle to share. Great boast. I actually think kale, just cooked kale in the oven 
in a salad so when everything else is fresh mm. it's just one of the nicest nicest things mm. isn't it a bit of soy on the kale yeah and then have it with all the other cold fresh because it's meatier mm. it just mm. gives it that crispiness it's yeah. so good georgina yeah. what's your go-to salad well halloumi i think works oh. really well mm. so just on the griddle pan i love that really really love that and then just whatever herbs you've got around that go can go on top <laughs> And I do tend to put feta into almost everything I eat in the summer. I'm slightly obsessed with salty Greek cheese, I think. So So that's good. And then another thing with the aubergine that you can do with the pomegranate that Charlotte was just saying, you can make it more Moroccan and Middle Eastern by adding in that sort of, you know, the sumac spices. I don't. No, no. I mean, also, this isn't a salad, but my favourite thing having people over for dinner as well is doing a cauliflower under the grill, like oh, literally a whole cauliflower, so and then all the sauces that I talked about and that you just talked about, you can just bun them all on. So my friend did that. We went for dinner, and she kind of emerged from the barbecue with this tray of meat, and then this whole cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to do a whole one, steam the head for like seven minutes, then let it cool, and then literally put it in a pan in the oven, cover it in whatever olive oil, salt, and pepper, like. 45 minutes take it out redress it and then another 45 minutes and then it's crispy and gold Roast so good yes. like actually Alex heard from Social Pantry yes. that's one of her top tips Georgie what's yours? well I've got a few because it's pretty much what I eat in the evening I'd love at the moment if I'm being really healthy brizola with rocket balsamic glaze mm. a few bits of parmesan and it's just Oh, good. That's so nice. Mm. Actually, my mum on Friday night just did figs and parma ham and rocket and a really lovely dressing. And I was like, it's just such Mm. a simple thing. The other thing, talking about feta, I love, and I saw this from a friend who's a really good cook, is cherry tomatoes, feta, watermelon, and mint, Mm. and a little bit of olive oil. So summery. So, so good. On that note, let's talk about entertaining at home. I just mentioned Alex Head because she truly is the hostess with the mostess. She's also the founder of Social Pantry. We are big fans of hers at Shilux. And we asked her for her top tips when it comes to entertaining at home. They included things like take the inside out, make personal place names to make guests feel special. I don't know if I could be fat. So does anyone talk about that? Not I love really. that one. I circled that. Oh, did you? I can't say I've done, done it. I've yeah. done it, but I like the idea. Yeah. What would everyone's tips be when it comes to entertaining at home? I'm obsessed with the way my table looks. That's my biggest thing. So food is really easy. All those things we just talked about, you can cobble those together in half an hour, that kind of food. To me, the impact is 100% of the way your table looks. I make no secret of my anthropology obsession. And I go for kind of nothing really matching, everything looking a bit haphazard, lots of candles, lots of napkins and flowers and that kind of thing. And it just instantly turns one's room. Well, yeah. next time, could you take a picture? I'd like I to see do. I'd like photographic I evidence, please. <laughs> Georgina, I feel like you might have a few good tips up your sleeve. Oh, well, I'm into the sharing plates thing now. 10 years ago, I was like, right, starter, main, pud, cheese, shots, you know, that would be the order of the events. And then now I just think, oh, I can't really be bothered. I love the summer entertaining way you can throw open the doors. Some people huddle around the barbecue, you can just leave a load of stuff out, people help themselves, all relaxed and sharing. And in the winter, I just think one big pot in the middle of the table with something, either a big curry or just something lovely slow cooked. And then loads of sides. Again, it just feels a bit more like a sharing thing. Actually, talking about what Charlotte was saying with the table, we were in France for a couple of weeks and the neighbours there did a beautiful jazz night with buffet and they had the table laid, like Charlotte was talking about, with lovely flowers, wildflowers in vases, different height vases. But then on every napkin was the head, just the head of a flower that was also part of the arrangement 
going down the t- this very long table. Oh. And it was just really beautiful and really simple. No napkin rings, nothing fancy, but just this head of a flower on your napkin. And it was really pretty oh, and just really kind of chic and simple. It does work well oh. in France, maybe less so in like my flat in North of I was going to say, that's the kind of effort I'd put into my wedding. Well, I need some tips on how to update that whole look for winter. I feel like it's so easy to do all that kind of colourful... You know, boho stuff in summer, but I don't know what the winter version looks like. Candles, candles, candles. Mm. Berries. Berries. Oh, yeah, berries. It's always berries, isn't it? Eucalyptus is nice all year round. Eucalyptus is so nice. Any tips? I definitely don't really bother with pudding. I think do cheese or do mini magnums. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I've got a sweet tooth and I like chocolate after I've eaten. So there's always lots of chocolate. I do like Maltesers in a bowl. That covers most people. Yeah, Yeah. can't go wrong with Maltesers (laughs) in a bowl, can you? I like the point, don't worry if it doesn't go totally to plan. In fact, I bumped into some friends in the park at the weekend and she'd had a dinner party. She'd asked us to, but we couldn't go to. And I said, how was your night? She's like, chaos. I was still in the office at 6.30. Everyone arrived. I hadn't done anything with the food. Everyone just pitched in. We had lots of drink and we had a really good time. So we wouldn't care in the end, do they? They're just there for the company more than exactly. And the alcohol. Exactly. And lots of drink. (laughs) On the subject of parties, whilst dinner at someone's house is always a popular option, sometimes it's nice to shake it up and do something different to celebrate a birthday. We wrote a piece with 10 ideas. They included throwing a garden party, planning a grown-up sports day. We've got our Shillucks sports day on Wednesday, courtesy of Sharky and George. I'm looking forward to that. Have a wine and cheese tasting, try a tattoo or a piercing party. What do you like the sound of when it comes to a grown-up party? Or what have you been to that's been a bit different and fun for people listening? I have been to a grown-up sports day. I went to the 30th. That They rented a really big house and it had an amazing garden. And they used the afternoon to do sports day things. And it was a real mix of sack races and drinking games. So Too they, fun. Yeah, it was... Honestly, the funnest afternoon. My husband would. It was amazing. Love that. Everyone got really into it. There were, you know, it was lucky. It was a warm day in May last year, so they did kind of water balloon, you know, extras and stuff. And it was just a really, as long as everybody's game and up for it, and people was said friend male. Male, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a joint male thirtieth. But yeah, it was so much better than just a dinner. Yeah, I have to say, my husband's 40th and I believe that he was quite keen that one of the days was... Sporting elements. Was I managed to bit him off that idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not going to work in my outfit. <laughs> but yeah, I think that is really fun. Everyone at Sheerlux News, I'm quite a fan of a scavenger hunt. In fact, we did them for, I think, two Christmas parties in a row. There's a really good website called Treasure Days where you can download for like 30 quid a PDF of all different areas of London. So we did one in Chelsea and one in the city and we went into two or three teams. Sounds great. But one of the things was get a business card with King's Road on it and something else was get a photo with a supermodel. And it has sort of pit stops at different pubs along the way. It's quite fun for a hen. Yeah, Yeah, I did that on a hen last year. It was really really fun. fun. If you want to do something active, I'd far rather do that. And people really bond as well if they didn't know each other. Definitely. Georgina? Anything you've done you thought was particularly fun? We've had some good quiz nights, which I sort of think, oh my God, it's going to be like the kind of old man pub quiz down the road or something. But actually, we did some really, really good ones where it's kind of the famous person as a baby and then all guessing information about the person who's celebrating something. So they've been having a personal twist. So they've been quite good. And I do think a bit of team building, it yeah. always goes well. Something to do. Yeah. So just... when not everyone knows each other, I think if it's one yeah, friends, it's different. But you know, I think of those horrendous music videos. I did a couple of hens. I mean, they are horrendous, but by the end of it, everyone is friends. Wait, you did what? Yeah. I was... <laughs> a music video. Like, what, like you film it when you're there? Oh, God, have you not done no, that? That sounds dreadful. 
beautiful. It's, yeah, it is. It is. That's but everyone it. did bond. Well, so the afternoon's activity is making a music video. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they do now for the kids' parties. Yeah. Good. Well, that's where it belongs. <laughs> you know, you dance me. Yeah. Say, wow. Yeah. I'm glad that's died. Oh, my goodness. Great. Gabrielle? Oh, no. I've also been to a sports day one. However, I wasn't that keen on sports. I like yeah. sports, but it was quite a hot day, and I was just like, oh, I can't really be bothered, and my hair's going to get ruined. It's quite bad. But anyway, <laughs> dressing up, I'd say, is probably like my favorite so at uni we would always if ever we had any like event or someone's birthday or house party there'd always be a theme and i just think i don't know it just makes it funner and like in the pictures it's just like hilarious and it only works if everyone makes an effort but if everyone makes an effort it looks really good <gasps> i almost don't go when i get an invitation really? yeah, I, just, I just don't fight it i don't I get what you think i know oh, i turned Barrett. 40 so therefore everybody should dress up as this like i, I don't see the shit. logic in it yeah and not look very good and also end up sometimes forking out quite a lot of money for some yeah, that's that's outfit you're never gonna wear again it really money, annoys yeah. me also you know i'm getting older i don't go out that much when i go out i want to wear a nice dress and make yeah, it yeah, especially if you've got something in your wardrobe that you don't get the chance to wear that much you know and then suddenly you do but my friend did do um, a kind of 1920s themed party on kind of Orient Express train ride That's and so that cool. was wow. so That's beautiful amazing. because then I bought a beautiful dress from Needle and Thread which I know I can wear again to other things and then you could accessorise it so yes. something like that I'm all I'm in happy that. with that but it's when it's that kind of everyone comes something beginning with the letter yeah. no that's awful and stand oh. in my garden dresses that yeah. like yeah. Yeah. too yeah. random on this list I like the one which was bring the bar home cocktails are a must for any birthday bash so get the party started by bringing the bar to you and we mentioned cocktails and I really rate them we've used them quite a lot here at Sherdock's and they send the barman or two to your house. They set up a bar. And a friend of mine had them at her 30th quite a while ago now. And it was brilliant. She had lots of nibbles. They made three different cocktails throughout the night. And it was, I don't know, it's really fun. I think you've got to get them and Sushi Rolls, the Sushi Catering Company, together flying. Oh, I'm there. That sounds <laughs> like my kind of party. Are they really expensive, the cocktails? No, they are not. They are very... And you can even buy all your own booze mm. and you just pay for the barman and they bring their kit. Okay. They're really reasonable. Okay. I cannot rate them more highly. A really nice guy that runs it. And that's Coxtails, C-O-X, Tails. It's my birthday next month, so I might have to... <laughs> Get in there, Gabrielle. Yeah. You will yeah. not regret it. From birthdays to weddings. Whether you're in the midst of your first proper wedding season or a hardened veteran, I'm definitely the latter, sadly. If you want to brush up on your big day etiquette, then we wrote a list of do's and don'ts. Like, arrive as early as possible. So in my years of going to weddings, I now do completely the opposite. I think the first wedding I went to, I arrived about an hour early to get a good seat in the church. Now... I literally get there five minutes before. I find it so boring sitting in the Waiting, 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 getting hungrier and hungrier. Thank you. So I now get there really late. Terrible. Don't you stop at the pub for a drink on the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can have two. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, this is do... Oh, no, this doesn't say arrive early. It says RSVP as early as possible. Oh, yes. So whilst I would say don't get there too early, it said don't be late to the wedding. At our wedding, as my dad and I were approaching in the car, I could see behind us this couple running furiously yeah. yeah. so I said to the guy I can see ya let's just hang back let them run into the church oh. what are your do's and don'ts Georgina I mean the thing is you definitely get a bit of wedding fatigue at some point in your life whereas it's like four weddings in a funeral you wake up who is it this weekend Where, what are we doing which is a bit of a shame because oh it's fun though it's really fun weekends. oh I know but then 
I don't know, it's kind of like a bit of a merry-go-round, isn't it? And actually, when there were fewer weddings later on of this period of time, and I went to a couple by then pregnant, and actually, I really enjoyed the ones I went to sober. Because whilst I do love a good old knees up with everyone, it was really interesting to suddenly just sort of see it from a different point of view, rather than, oh, I'm seeing all my uni mates again, and we're all going to get completely hammered and be dancing till two. Suddenly, I actually did Pregnant Bridesmaid. That oh, did you? Yeah. Wow. So I've quite enjoyed a few sober weddings, but otherwise, probably my main do, apart from obviously being a well-behaved guest, is to buy from the list. If you've been sent a list, they've gone round, they've chosen things they might actually really need. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. They don't want 10 vases. Or... I could not agree more. Okay, so I always go off list. <gasps> I hate spending money. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I hate spending money on like a hand towel for a friend or a spare doesn't bowl. Matter. Doesn't for their... matter. No, but I tell you what. They it... don't remember who buys them what. It but that's does. the point. That's, that's the don't point. Like it. it's so it's not value. that I want to buy them something that they're like, God, Charlotte did amazingly. It's that I want to buy them something that they might not have registered for. I don't go wacky. I go like Mr. and Mrs. Smith vouchers. I go giant dip tea candles. Like the things that you don't no, necessarily no, 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 no. put on this list oh but everybody loves them can I just say I have listened to Sherlock's podcast I haven't been in quite a lot of times and heard you all talking about going off lists giving money and I'm like no I mean I think maybe it's a generational thing but when I went to weddings you bought off the list and that was that for the record and I think giving money is awful I, I think it's it. awful, awful. Yeah. awful obviously. I have never done that mm. what about honeymoon vouchers no, so, I no yeah no I'm so anti that. that sorry can you buy us an experience to swim with dolphins when we're in the Maldives yeah, exactly. like, no. what well, if you've got yeah, yourself to the Maldives though. can't you yeah. swim with dolphins exactly. once you're there it's interesting though because another group of Sherlock's I mean it just goes to show we all have different mm. opinions and that's a good thing but there was a different group of people doing the podcast. I think it was Lou, Astrid. Oh, yeah, I've definitely sat and been the only and, one with this view. And they with all Astrid, yeah. were up for contributing towards mm. the honeymoon. Yeah. So, I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get the whole thing that most people live together now and they already own the pots and pans. But, you know, everyone could do this a nice bed linen. And mm. I feel quite strong about that. I, I feel like this was so very formal. I understand if my parents give, you know, people 30 years younger than their money because... They're grown-ups, but it's something very strange about giving friends a cheque if you want to know it. Yeah, very strange. I do think, you know, you buy that hand towel, though. When we got married, the place we did our list said, just put on four silver photo frames that you don't want for 100 quid, because that's the sweet spot. Everyone wants to spend 100 quid, and then you don't need any of them, and you can just put it towards the dinner service that doesn't get completed. Or the hand towel that someone didn't want to buy you. (laughs) Or the cutlery. (laughs) Things like the cutlery for 12 people that you do want. I really don't. Anyway, other do's and don'ts on the wedding guest etiquette list were do let someone know if you're delayed. Not sure I need a text uh, telling me that someone's delayed. Not sure I'd notice. Don't bring an unauthorised plus one. Do remember your table manners and do send a thank you card. There you go. In an age where we're constantly digitally connected, it seems that maintaining long distance relationships is easier than ever. But is it? I'm not sure that's got anything to do with it, to be honest. Mm. Has anyone here had a long distance relationship? Ben and I were long distance for two years. One year was Paris, London, and one year was Nottingham, London. So Paris is relatively long distance. Mm. I did Paris, London, three years London, Scotland. Yeah, okay, so similar. Yeah. And I thought that the don't rely on technology point in this relationship was really unhelpful, actually. I thought that pretty much the thing that gets you through is, that, is the technology yeah. and is being able to. Yeah. So I understand the point about, it, it says, let's not forget the power of having something physical that reminds you of your loved ones. Keep a piece of clothing around that smells like your partner. Like That's all very nice, but I kind of want to know what he's up to every day and not just sniff his old T-shirt. Did you have FaceTime when you were at uni? Uh, no. I think we Skyped. Skyped. We had a good old phone and a 
text and email. I don't think it would have been any easier because we could FaceTime. Yeah, but at least you had email. I don't know. I think it's weird to say like, oh, don't rely on technology. Phone technology. I think long distance is hard whether you've got technology or not. I agree. Yeah, I did London to Aix-en-Provence and I was the one in France and we had letters. And I still have them. Oh, I love that. Actually, isn't my husband. This was my first ever boyfriend. I've got all my letters. And it was really lovely. And also, we would actually see each other because you couldn't FaceTime, Skype. So we emailed and we used to write. Did you? I love that. If you had ended up with them, that would be lovely. Yeah. We've got someone in the office at the moment whose boyfriend's living in another European city. I know she finds that really hard. My advice to her was, you just have to see them regularly enough to be able to know when the next mm. time is and do really fun things when you're together. I think that's the kind of... I thought of her with the point in this piece that says don't overplan your time together because I know she always says that, that if you see each other once a month, particularly if they're coming back to the UK and it's so jam-packed, you'll see, you know, it's like, oh, we've got to see family members, we've got yeah. to do this because you're home and take the opportunity to do X, Y, Z and actually then you feel like you've never had any quality time. So I think it's really important to find that yeah. balance when you are actually together as well. It's hard though. Mm-hmm. We used to, when I lived in Paris, my husband used to come out out every two weeks and I would come back every two weeks. Yeah, that's what we did. So and he'd leave really, really early oh, on a Monday and he'd literally give me a kiss and I'd be still asleep. But I could always say I'm seeing you next Friday. And there's this mental thing that it's not this Friday, it's next Friday. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me through. I was like, if yeah. you can't want a Sunday, you have to go on Monday because then I can say I'm seeing you next, next week. week. Yeah, well I was there for ten months and Ben spent over a month there in total with those weekends. And yeah, I mean if you're lucky enough to be able to see each other that frequently, I think it's and you create amazing memories and yeah. I remember I just spent so little money when he wasn't around because I would rather spend my money on the Eurostar going back home but yeah. we also had amazing weekends I have such happy memories of the weekends we spent together in so. Paris exactly I don't know you also need to know the end is in sight I yes. think yeah that's what makes so, it harder if you have adult relationships where you genuinely are long distance and there is no end in sight that must be much harder than when yeah. you're a student doing it my father and stepmother did it from Hong Kong to London for a number of years and that was really tough yeah that's really and they, my dad would come over every three weeks for ten days and every three months my stepmom would go out for ten days oh, and also cool. the time difference to make a phone call there is yeah. really hard yeah, that's like yeah. a part time marriage almost yeah it was, it was yeah. they've been together for well over 30 years but yeah it's hard isn't it just one other thing it does say also on this piece to reframe the situation as positive like we're talking about all the negatives but I remember particularly when I went back to Nottingham and Ben was in London I really enjoyed that year because having always had a boyfriend at uni then having when we were at the same uni together I then had the opportunity to sort of live a single life you know without doing anything mm. untoward and then I got to go home and have him and I had the best of both worlds I could yeah. be out with my friends and not worry about seeing my boyfriend and then do both I think you're right I think also keeping busy when you're not together because I had another friend in the same situation as me I mean she was literally crossing off the hours from when she would see her boyfriend next and that is just like waiting for the kettle to boil yeah. Yeah. it's so painful well your life passes you by you're yeah. not in the moment the other point I would have is don't speak to each other when you've been drinking and out at night and you're not together. Yeah. Because we wise. used to have this thing where we'd have to speak to each other before we went to bed at night. So even if it was three in the morning and he'd been out with the boys, I'd want him to call me and vice versa. And I would always be cross if he was really me pissed. Yeah. And he wouldn't mind if I rang him, but the other way around and it would always start a row. And it's taken me years and years. Only now I'm like, if you're with the boys, don't call me at night. I'll speak to you in the morning because it just... I think it winds you up. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. If you've ever Googled your symptoms, guilty for a cold online and been diagnosed by the internet as having a terminal illness, you're not alone. I am terrible. I'm awful. At this. 
Because apparently internet diagnoses are beginning to put a strain on the healthcare system. This is called cyberchondria. Well, I've said I'm guilty. Guilty, guilty, guilty? No, because there is nothing to gain, yeah. as you all know, from Googling your symptoms. Well, I would disagree, because there definitely have been things to do with my children or me that I have looked up online. And I think I'm, you know, a relatively well-educated, sensible person. And I have found what the issue is and been able to deal with it. So I actually think the internet is really useful. But obviously, I have worked myself into a state yeah, once or twice as well. I agree I find it useful. But the cyberchondria bit is where you start to look at the extremes that, oh, yeah. I might have this. And yeah. then you kind of... Become hysterical. Exactly. So I had a thing with my son where he was getting nosebleeds and then he had seven nosebleeds in a day. And that night he went to bed and he was sweating in the night. So I Googled that and leukemia came up. So we then went to the doctor the next day and she ran a blood test on him. And she said, I'm going to run this blood test because I just want to belt and braces, cross a few things off the list. And she looked at me, she said, do you know what I'm talking about? And I said, yes, I do. And I thought, thank God I Googled it. Because if I had walked in, and luckily the test came back negative, just to add. But had I walked in to the doctors and she had said, I'm going to do a blood test now, possibly for leukemia. I wouldn't have been able to contain my reaction in front of my son. So for me, whilst I would agree that looking up rashes and this and that can lead you down a rabbit hole of something that doesn't exist. I think for me, that was that it was, it was a good thing that I did it because I was prepared. Yeah, totally. And my son woke up with a rash last weekend and he literally woke up with this rash all over his body. He went to bed and he sort of scratched his neck. I was like, well, that's weird. He woke up the next day covered. He's like, mommy, mommy, I can't stop. I literally can't stop scratching. I was like, shit. He's actually been vaccinated against chickenpox. And and I called a friend who said, I don't want to alarm you, but could it be meningitis? And I was like, I don't think so. But I went onto the internet and I Googled the symptoms and straight away I knew it wasn't because of the glass test. Yeah. So I actually think we're in, you know, a time where we're quite lucky to be able to look things up. Yeah. Mm. It's just when you're Googling your tummy ache and you find out that you've got 24 hours left to live. Yeah. It's not really worth it. No. Yeah, but that's people reading what they want to read. Right, well, that's the cyclotronia bit, yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's talk about money and friends. It's not a great thing to talk about, is it? Mm, it's always awkward. It's yeah. always awkward. I think you just have to be really sensitive towards other people's financial situations, although no one ever quite knows what other people's financial situations are. I mm. certainly don't talk about how much I earn or my girlfriends earn and it's none of their business and it's none of my business. Do you think so? I wish there was a bit more transparency. I have a rough idea of what all my friends are on and yeah, with some of my closest friends I know but I actually think I'd find it really helpful to know what more people are earning, particularly my close friends. I just think it's interesting. I don't think it's maybe when you're older and you've got kids and you're supporting kind of other people's lifestyles but at my age... I just would find it interesting from like a social I think it's interesting to know if they're doing well or not, but I feel like it's quite a personal thing. Yeah, I know I don't care about it from the doing well thing. I just want to know what a lawyer at my age earns. I think it's interesting, but then I think it would cause problems. Because if you knew that one of your friends was on like 100k or whatever, and then you got them a drink and say they forgot to get you a drink, you'd probably think like, Rude, like but you can kind of make a kind of inferred guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of industry course. is what people yeah. use anymore. Well, yeah, I know. I think it just can be awkward when you're at dinner, and obviously, like I'm just quite chill. Like if someone's like, let's split the bill, and I've had less than them on the. I'm like, okay, fine. But then when there's one person that's like, oh, well, I only want to pay for like what I've had, and I didn't have any of the bruschetta, so I'm not going to pay for it. And then it's just like. <laughs> 
Okay. It's difficult <laughs> though, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm at a stage in my life where I've been working for quite a long time now and I probably don't need to worry about the bruschetta. But there's definitely a time in your life where it does count, actually. I remember those days of knowing what I had to spend every week and it did count if you went out and you only had a starter and someone else is having those and drinking those and you're not. Or ordering ridiculously priced wine. I remember starting oh, out God. as a journalist and being... I think I was on, God knows, like a third of what some of my friends were earning. And it's really uncomfortable to be that person totally. saying, I just had a starter and two glasses of wine. And that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I've budgeted for. And it's mm. really, as much as it's annoying for the other people, it's actually really annoying for you yeah. as well. Yeah, it's and worse think, to pay more than to be that annoying. The wine thing is yeah. really the hard. The wine thing is really tricky. Mm-hmm. And it actually goes back to the point that my aunt made once, which was like, you should never be friends with people who have significantly more money than you. (laughs) And I remember going out for supper with one of my greatest friends who had a much older boyfriend. And it was my husband and I and her and her boyfriend. And he was a lot older. And he was slightly showing off and he was ordering all this wine. And this was like a long time ago. And it just always stuck with me that how inappropriate it was. Mm -hmm. And he just made us feel really awkward. I almost couldn't get past it. I almost couldn't concentrate on anything else. I just knew he was ordering really And that's a good life lesson as well because it makes you feel like, okay, you never want to put anybody else in that position. Does it also count when you're at the end of the night and everyone's sort of thinking, oh, I've, you know, we've had enough to drink, we've had enough to eat, it feels really good. And then suddenly someone will order a surprise round of espresso martinis or something which they're not getting that they're, that's going to be split between everyone yeah. whether you want one or not who and that kind that? of oh I've got friends who do that all the time, time. Yeah. Yeah. I have oh, to say yeah. or yeah. I have to say I do do that sometimes but I would always pay them so you yeah. pay yeah. 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 So that's, yeah. that's only because I love a cocktail yeah. <laughs> basically I want to take everyone down with me yeah. so but that's different that's, that's a gift. different that's a gift that's kind or I also if I drink too much wine I get a really horrible hangover so I quite often would rather drink a few gin and tonics than wine in a week so I would always then pay a bit more and I would kind of insist because I know what I'm like and Mm -hmm. I kind of think it's not fair principle yeah. yeah but then and nor should you have to sit there and drink wine if you don't want if you to don't want to well, you're, you're you're kind of, I'm going out to it yeah. 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 yeah no that would I think that's okay me. I think it's about pregnant women you made the point I definitely had a few times going out with all my friends and I'd be the only one pregnant and again well that's my choice I caught myself <laughs> there um, but then the bill would come and I just paid equal because I just no, didn't want to no, pay no, I think I your friends should be sensitive my friends would insist normally but if that it wasn't that didn't happen I was like, oh, you know what? We're spilling it between however many people. It's probably the difference of a tenner. So hard, isn't it? I don't know. On principle, I don't think pregnant women should be paying. If anyone's going out with pregnant women, you know what to do. We're nearly out of time, but let's finish with a quick fashion story. Dungarees, because if you thought they were just for tweens, then think again. 2018's new updates to the vintage all-in-one have unexpected grown-up appeal, but do they, Georgina? Never. No, they don't. I've got a friend who wears them and she does look really good in them. And she's my height. And that's really interesting to me because I always thought you need to be a bit taller. I'm quite short. So I would just look odd, I think, in a dungeon. Drown in the bin bag. Yeah, or just look like a little girl. And I don't like the idea of having to go to the toilet wearing a pair of dungarees. And all the faff of it, yeah, no mm. appeal. But other people, maybe. Gabrielle, dungarees, you're very tall. I am very tall. I have seen a pair of white or cream ones recently. I think either Zara or ASOS. I actually really like them. I didn't get them because so I was like, I need to stop shopping now. I think if you have the right look and you style it with the right things, it can look nice. I've been tempted to buy, like, just standard dungarees a lot. And then I've, I've always, at the last head, I've sort of been like, oh, when will I actually wear mm. this? Like, Bottled it. I think they're cool, but I just don't think I would get enough wear. 
outfit. Charlotte? I think, as you said before, they are cool, not chic. So mm -hmm. I think if you've got that kind of disheveled French girl look, then you can definitely pull them off. But if what you're going for is that is a more polished vibe, then yeah, certainly not. Mm -hmm. There is a cos pair that I really like. They're also white and they've got a flare black. And I think, oh, yeah, good. if you want to do that like 70s thing, maybe with like a chunky heel and some earrings, I can see that. I think yeah. it's cool. But yeah, it's not a kind of chic grown up look, is it? No, not for me. Jumpsuit, yes. Dungarees, no. There are one or two Instagram stars that rock a cream pair, but I think yeah. most of us look like we've got a paintbrush in our pocket. So yeah. I yeah. quite like a boiler suit, you know. Oh, yeah. I know you don't. I know oh, you've got that. That's such a nice one. I think that's a step too far. And on subject of boiler suits, I think we really will leave it there. That's it for this week. <laughs> if you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.